welcome to our recap of Core 2. This one's going to be a little different than the first. We have a lot more ground to cover, so we won't have as much time for questions. I'm going to keep that to a minimum, and we'll hit the big moments of the story. If you're new to Slay the Stars, I would recommend listening to the first Core recap before this one. Listening to both should get you ready to jump right in at episode 33 with most of the big picture stuff under your belt. So, without further ado... Core 2 started with episode 14, Betrayals Begin with Trust. Zeman Shar left Ocean Guard under the criminal mastermind Rafe's direction. They're planning to head to Shar's old training grounds, the Garden. Along the way, we get to see Zem's knight, the child Aaron, one more time before leaving the southern portion of the continent behind. We get another big piece of lore here. Uh, during a reading from Zem's pendulum, she discovers that Dalius has betrayed her, but to what extent? She's not really sure. Next, in episode 15, Zem and Shar stop at the Midway Tavern to make amends for running out when the bounty hunter at Hara and her goons had showed up looking for them. Whoops. <laughs> they discover that the barkeep was roughed up by the thugs, and there are other bounty hunters on their trail now who've given Juliet, the barkeep's granddaughter, specific means to contact said bounty hunters. If Zem and Shar should show back up, Juliet betrays them. Zem and Shar realize this and run just in time. Bitch. <laughs> so episodes 16, 17, and 18, uh, altogether, these are our actual foray into the garden. And we get to see how this place has changed from this sort of idyllic training grounds that Shar knew it as to this new place where tensions are running high. It seems like there are two factions sort of warring for control under the current leader, Ulrich, um, who sort of represents the the old school version of the garden, uh, the the monks who are devoted to training, keeping the peace, um, that sort of thing, versus the second faction led by the next headkeeper or Pakat Genevieve, who wants to fundamentally change this place into what we're not exactly sure. It seems like Shar's old teacher and definite love interest, Xander, is sort of caught between the two sides, and we get the feeling that bad things are about to happen. Xander rushes them out as fast as possible, uh, which wasn't really a big deal in the moment because Shar isn't really welcome there anyway after having been excommunicated previously. Also, um, oops. <laughs> um, Ulrich and the monks do, however, agree to answer some very pointed questions for Zem and Shar, and that leads our protagonist to continue north towards the elves in Annenfell for more answers. Hear that? She called us protagonists. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to call you heroes. <laughs> I didn't need Bitch. that. <laughs> so, <laughs> take this knife back. <laughs> In episode 19, The Wolves, we have our potentially most upsetting encounter of the whole Fuck campaign. You. <laughs> that was rough. You did not deserve that. <laughs> Where we come very close to losing Char. Uh, but not even me. worse, we lose the real hero of the core, Horatio the Horse. <laughs> you did not deserve that. <laughs> uh, Zem and Char rescued by the mysterious woman, Kailana. Kai for short, and she offers them a place to stay and recuperate, which we see more of in episode 20, uh, aptly named The Hermit. Uh, Kai supplies a great deal of information regarding her people who live in the Bell Wood and her suspicion that the strange creatures in the forest are possibly originating from that place. But the Bellwood is pretty far away to the southwest portion of the continent, and Zeminshar can't afford to turn 
that way at this point. Uh, Kai provides them with much-needed comfort emotionally, physically, spiritually. Uh, but then Zem and Shar are quickly scared off by the knowledge that multiple groups are looking for them, and they can't stay in one place for very long. They don't want to put Kai in danger. God damn it. Kai was a therapist. She was. Yeah! <laughs> in episode 21... Uh, Zem and Shar have left Kai's. They're traveling across the plains area before they get to the rivers and the mountains that lead to more bale. The big takeaway from this episode is a crop circle formed in the middle of the night what while Zem and Shar it? slept. Prairie pressing. <laughs> the prairie pressings. Uh, we still don't know a lot about this. Um, so Favorite thing ever. So good. Prairie pressings. Episode 22, Tides of Chaos, we get our first to-be-killed character. If you're not sure what that is, patreon.com slash slaythestars. Cato, uh, an old man who seems confused, possessed, controlled, hard to say, but he ends up knocking Zamira into a raging river, then presumably falling off the boat and drowning himself. It's a strange altercation that leaves our friends wet, confused, but thankfully unharmed. Sounds like a Saturday night. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Episodes 23 to 27. I get one sex joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good one. Uh, Thanks, ep- Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, I love Bon Jovi. Episodes 23 to 27 take place in the ancestral dwarven city of Morbale. A lot happens here. The bounty hunters Lore and Rush catch up with Zem and Shar. Rather than fight with weapons, the group agrees on a drinking contest to decide if Zem and Shar will be taken <laughs> back to Saltspire under the orders of the Nexus Crime Syndicate. Oops. Whoops. Or if they'll be allowed to continue on their way, Zem and Shar lose, but they're rescued by a familiar face, Rafe's employee, Reg. Insert guitar music. Yes. Who puts on a dazzling display, saving the day, and escorts Zem and Shar to some tents to stay for the night. The next day is the summer solstice, and we get to meet Shar's parents, Amaryllis and Finn, who are more commonly known as Gentle Mockery, the famous musical act, now traveling with another familiar face, Karina Zenwaren. Yeah, yeah, that's all well and good, but you glossed right over the kiss that we both got. I know, that you both kissed the same person <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> uh, the whole campaign ends here with Zem and Shar deciding they don't want to be friends anymore because they're fighting over Reg. I mean, like, it could be a poly couple. Oh. This is the second poly couple that's been put forward as a possibility. The first one was Xander and the two of you, and now we have Reg and the two of you. I can't I can't compete with an old romance. It, that can't be a poly. That's true. That's true. Are we going to be a polycule? Maybe. That could be where this campaign is going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Karina... Uh, Zem's old friend, Shar's old bully, maybe? <laughs> and uh, we haven't seen her since, like, episode two or something. Uh, we get some heartfelt reunions all around, and just as it looks like we could be setting up for some fun at the festival, the sky darkens. Murder. <laughs> Murder. Mayhem. An Another unheard M-word. of eclipse takes place, and monsters begin pouring into the festival area. Shar and Zem defend themselves, manage to save their loved ones, but the people of Morbale pay a terrible price. Some notable deaths here. The governor of Morbale, whom we did not get a chance to meet, as well as Lore and Rush. Governor equals dead. Yes. 
In the aftermath of the slaughter, we meet Taz Lane Everdon, the council person for the city. She lets Zem and Char know that the mages from the Stellium Academy would be arriving soon to check out this new historic find in the old city, and Dalius, Zem's old teacher previously mentioned, would be among them. Zem and Char quickly convinced Taz Lane to let them check out the found treasury before the mages arrived. They discovered quite a few interesting sets of armor, some weapons, an automaton, and someone even more interesting... Our new friend, Dale Swin, the goblin thief and salesman who is our second TBK character, patreon.com slash lay the stars. After some hilarious shenanigans, they all left the treasury and began preparing to leave Morbale, saying goodbye to family, old friends, and new connections. Episodes 28 to 32 cover the trip from Morbale to Annenfell and we discover more terrifying information about the world as we know it. It seems that the creatures that attacked during the clips were not only in Morbale. More strange aberrations are lurking about hunting for something or, as we discover, someone. Four messengers set out on this trip with Zem and Shar, and only one will make it to their destination. The letters found on the deceased party members tell a little more of the political story of what's happening in Morbale, Three warring factions are jockeying for control, and without a governor, chaos is not far off. Our party is hunted, attacked, preyed upon by these things that don't seem to breathe, sleep, or rest. Both of our TBK characters show up again. Cato, dead in the road, but not from drowning. It seems he was attacked by these creatures. Something was stolen from his bag. But it seems he defended himself also with powerful fire spells. And Dale who stowed away in the wagon so they could get into Annenfell to rob all the poor unsuspecting elves. In her dreams, Zem is approached by the god of magic, Nox, who offers Zamira immense power if she'll do one thing. Nothing. Don't stop whatever has been put into motion. Let it occur, and Nox will give Zem anything and everything she could ever dream. As a token of good faith, Zem is given a boon, Extra spells, the magic initiate feat for those keeping track at home. Because that's something Zem's good at, non-action. Yeah. Dream job, man. Yeah. <laughs> I will give you everything for nothing. <laughs> yeah, Jen would be about that. Sign Zem. me the hell up. <laughs> the biggest revelations come from the following evening, though, when Shar finally has a chance to speak with his goddess, Amara. The conversation is quite long and covers a mountain of topics, but the most important revelations. The aberrations are scouts for something far worse. They, and whatever they serve, feed on the celestial spark that makes up these worlds and the hub at the center of the plains. They sow chaos so that when their masters arrive, there's no force to oppose them. The creatures are drawn to Shar and Zem because they're not human. Not entirely. They have celestial blood. But how that is possible is unclear since Amara and her people have not been able to physically set foot on Vela in almost 2,000 years. It's now up to Amara to find a way to convince the Celestials to stay and fight for this creation. And it's up to Shar and Zem to find out what the elves know, because the Celestials are blocked from Annenfell. If the elves know something that could help or have made preparations, there may still be a way to save this Celestial hub and all the planes attached. We also come to the slow revelation that the garden has truly fallen, and it is implied that Xander, everyone's favorite NPC, had a large hand to play 
in the downfall by striking down the Grand Keeper himself. But Xander lives, and Amara cautions Shar, saying that Xander did what he had to do to survive. At the end of episode 32, we actually enter the city of Annenfell after a little argument with Toriel, our new elven friend. But Annenfell is not what we expected. It's a sprawling metropolis with buildings built of wood, but also concrete and metal. The people aren't elven rangers and forest dwellers, but something else entirely. They've been using some sort of magic to mask their forest, their city, and themselves. And in the heart of the city, sitting upon an enormous dry dock, is a ship. Unlike any Zamira and Shar have ever seen in all their time in the port city of Saltspire. Whew, that's a lot. But we made it. We're here. So, let's just start with the easy, well, the broad question. Any thoughts, Zem, Shar? What are your characters feeling in this moment? You finally made it to Annenfell. Is it relief? Concern? Wonder? Frustration? Probably a bit of wonder, but um, I, I really don't think relief is in the cards. I, I don't feel relief. Um, but caution, anticipation. Now I'm a Rocky Horror. I know. I know. Patient. <laughs> it's your favorite movie. It's so good. What about you, Char? Um. <clears throat> hmm. I think that Char was as tired as I was last time we recorded. <laughs> so as far as relief, no. But he was just way too tired by the time they got there. And just re revelation after revelation of being attacked constantly. And then Dale was just there. God, everything's just bad at the moment. <laughs> All right. And... Not, not because Dale is bad. It's just in general. No, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, what for... Okay. This might be two questions, but what was the highlight of this core? What was the moment? It doesn't have to be like necessarily the the best moment for your character. It could be the worst moment for your character. But like, what was that highlight for you from this group of episodes? It could be different for you as a player versus your your PC. So you could have two answers. However, you want to answer that question. Highlights. Um. Kai, big highlight. Yeah. I think that for Jen, for me, it's a um, the whole scene with Shar reuniting with his parents was really cool. I really enjoyed that. I mean, discovering <laughs> who we aren't was friggin' huge, probably top of the list huge, like so big that I, like, we haven't even gotten into that yet. Um, I like, I feel like this the, this past set has been nonstop so much revelation. Um, it's really hard to narrow things down, but those stand out for me. Yeah. yeah. I think from a character standpoint, like as Char, I think my favorite moment was the garden. Just having to confront with a full reality of things will never be the same anymore. Like there was a string of hope up to that point that there might be things that are okay. Now everything's bad, uh, or at least not the same that way that they were. But from a, like, from me, like, my standpoint of, like, character writing in general, I love the idea that there are two gods at play, playing with two best friends, and they don't realize that they are being pitted against each other yet. I love that. But I also hate it, because I, I know that now, and now I have to pretend I don't. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that coin, and I think I already know how Arthur's going to respond to this, uh, what moment hit you the hardest? Is it the death of Horatio? <laughs> yes, because that one hurted <laughs> a lot because Horatio did not deserve that. He was a good horse. I don't remember. He was a good boy. Yeah. He was a good. Horatio was the best of us and he was the first to die. <laughs> that makes me sad. Rip Horatio. Um, I will physically strangle you if you kill another horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, why am I blanking on their names, but I can see their deaths? Lauren Rush. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a lot. That was rough. I was talking to Isaac too, and he's just like, why was that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I um I think it was just very um like well done. Um having to imagine what that battle scene was like because it was off off screen is just really tragic. <laughs> um I think in like I I don't know about everyone else, but in my mind, um, there was a lot of sacrificing for each other. It was very. <laughs> oh, I can't talk about it. It's franchise. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was very. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just gonna not <laughs> note to self add that later. <laughs> um. Okay. What is something you'd like to spend more time on in Core Three? Hmm. Huh. I I really want to know what's going on. Lore. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, like with the uh, the tree that Kai told us about that we weren't able to go investigate at all. Um, I also really want to see the rest of the cards on the tarot deck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, fuck that. The orcs. The orcs are trying to kill us and they mm-hmm. casually have another monster with them that there's mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on with that because I don't know how they missed us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think um, more lore, like, uh, so um, we've been given large chunks, but we haven't been given, I I don't think, we've been given that thing that ties it together yet. Um, And it doesn't need to be the big reveal, like, this is the whole thing, but just, like, I think I want to start connecting the dots. And I don't know if I'm just not good and I'm not putting it together, but um, I, I want that's what I want to see. I want to start putting the edges on a puzzle, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is funny. So I was talking to my friend Kay, who has a really cool podcast as well, Dude, Where's My Drift, Starfinder, so much fun, highly recommend, going to run a promo at the end of this for them. Check them out. Uh, but he and I were talking about this, and I told him that when people start telling me their theories about what's happening, I listen, and based on how close they are, I know how much I need to add more lore or pull back, depending on how close I want people to be to it, and I feel like we're doing a really good job. See, this is why I also think you're a really good writer in general for the mm-hmm. podcast, is because you're not, you don't take the opposite approach of, oh, shit, no, I have to change it because they guessed it. You don't take that. You take that as genuine, like, okay, cool. I'm, I need to gauge interest now. Yeah, yeah. Damn yeah. it. Fuck you. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> You're too good at this. Uh, but on that note, uh, last question. Any final predictions you want to put out there? What do you think is going on? With what? <laughs> With anything. Pick pick something. Um, where do you – okay, so where do you suspect – this core is headed. What do you think's happening in Annenfell? What do you think these elves are up to? That's a good question. 
I genuinely have no freaking idea. I got one word. Artificers. Artificers. So, oh, sorry. Whoever the fuck you want to pronounce it. <laughs> um, I... I feel like they're gearing up for a big move. It feels very, like, on the precipice, right? But I don't know what the hell that big move is going to be or about. You mean, like, a refugee situation or, like... No, I mean, like, political pieces on a chessboard move. Um, Because we've... They've been... It's, like, whispers in the background that, to me, they feel very foreshadowing of, like, a large... Like, almost catastrophic event on the horizon. Um, But I don't know if they're going to cause it, is causing it on purpose, um, or if they're going to be, or if they're trying to like prevent whatever's coming. Like I, I, that's the part that I can't judge, but I, I feel like they're going to be incredibly important um, and that we're about to find out. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know exactly what that is. Yeah. Artificers, man. (laughs) <laughs> First of all, favorite class in D&D. We've been over this. But if it's not that, which, fine. Maybe I'm just being hopeful. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a political move. It could be. And I'm just too dumb to realize that. But I really like the idea of just them knowing something that nobody else does going forward. And that's why... Like, they even told us when we got there that, like, there's a chance you just can't leave after. So there's some kind of knowledge that has not been out in the world at all. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think there's something going on with the drow as well with them being so sec- seclusionary. Sure. Sounds like a word. Word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just from the rest of the world and then the child kidnapping and all that that stuff. So maybe they're the ones that did it. I don't know. I'd be interested to find out. I really want to know who we can trust in here in this in this place because I don't know if we can do any of that yet. Yes. Yes. Hilarious. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that about does it for this recap. Uh, from here, jump right in with us. Episode 33. Uh, it's going to be a wild ride. Thanks, everybody. Bye. And now a promo for Dude, Where's My Drift? Dude, Where's My Drift is an actual play Starfinder podcast. Join us every Monday as we explore the super exciting Drift Crashers Adventure Path by Paizo with a cast of totally awesome and deliciously weird aliens and characters. We have a carnivorous cabbage named Simber, a sarcastic slug named Dr. Samley Aeolin, the mouth from the south, a wrestling lizard known as Gator, a giant brain dressed up in power armor who's super good at punching people, And of course, we have our magical robot with a library in place of a brain, Trev. Give us a listen, and we hope to share with y'all some exciting adventure, a little heart, and some good laughs. Find us on all major podcasting apps, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DWMDPodcast. Hope to see you around. Thanks again to Dude Where's My Drift for all the love and support this year. We love you all. This marks the end of Core 2. This is airing in place of our normal episode in honor of the holidays. But Slay the Stars will resume on January 3rd, 2023, with episode 33 and the start of Core 3. We hope you've enjoyed the story so far and look forward to more in the new year. To find more Slay the Stars content, including our Patreon, merch, socials, bios, art, etc., go to slaythestars.com. Thanks, everybody. Dreams led us to the stars. And what a dream it's been so far.
Persomnia ad Astra. Stay tuned. Our awesome intro music is brought to you by the one and only Isaac Viers. Character designs by the lovely Cam Gonzalez. Produced by our very own Leah Hemrick. Graphics designer, the one, the only, the me, Jen Kearney. And last but not least, our audio engineer, Arthur Bellino. Thanks for listening.